to the Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Pot Green. Yo, yo, yo. Mic check one, mic check two. Who are we and what do we do? Tell them all about it, Jamie. Hey, welcome back to the Cannabis Agenda, where we do some news deconstruction, talk about generally all things cannabis, and uh, try to have a good time in the process. I don't know. Sometimes it's tough with all this downer news that the feds are handing us, but you know, uh, we like to call it activistainment, if you will. I will. Will you? Oh, yeah, I always do. <laughs> Coined it. I found a new term I needed to coin this week, but I can't talk about it quite yet. It's since highly sensitive. But when I term it, when I, when I coin the term, I will let you guys know. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, so on this super exciting and kind of, I don't know, it feels like, feels like there might be something shifting in the cannabis world. I have a feeling that we're at that pinnacle where it's like time to either really move forward where shit might go quite a bit backwards. What do you think? It is. We've always talked about that. You know, you can't ever get complacent in this type of a, of movement. You know, there's if there's a concerted power, a very highly, heavily financed power with a strong incentive behind their their viewpoints and their actions, then you know you can never you can never relent. You know, when you're when you're fighting against that, that's what makes this such an uphill battle for us. That's right. That's right. Today on the agenda, we're going to be covering uh, heavy negative federal attention to medical marijuana states, starting off in uh, the Pacific Northwest, mostly, well, all up in Washington. Uh, Spokane's been getting raided by the feds. Um, A lot of intimidation going on. We'll be covering that. Uh, The Washington governor vetoed most of a medical cannabis uh, licensing bill. We'll We'll get you the info on that. Um, and, uh, we're going to see some of the, uh, we're going to listen to a clip of some of the sad aftermath, um, from the raids in Spokane and we'll, we'll basically like flow right into what the feds are sort of up to. Uh, and they've been, uh, basically the attor- uh, attorneys from the attorney general's office have been sending letters to medical marijuana states, uh, influencing them to, uh, thre- basically threatening them not to, um, write any sort of regulation bills or uh, anything of the sort. Um, and, uh, we're going to go to the East coast. Um, looks like New Jersey, um, attorney general asked the Obama administration, their opinion on a new state medical marijuana law, whether or not it was legal. What's up with that? We'll get it to you. Um, Rhode Island setting some set, uh, getting some setbacks uh, with their dispensary operations. Uh, it's also looks like it's due to federal intervention as well. Um, and in P- Pennsylvania, a Senator reintroduces a new medical marijuana bill, um, well, reintroduces a medical marijuana bill. So, um, we'll tell you what's up with that. We're going to go to Rocky Mountains today. Uh, Colorado also target federal intimidation tactics. Um, in Montana, uh, the governor is disgusted with disgusted with legislature um, that's been passed there, um, and uh, that's due to uh, Montana Senate Bill Four Twenty Three. Um, Activists are waging a direct fight against uh, new Montana med pot rules. We'll tell you the deal and where to go and who to, how to help there. 
We'll go to California. Um, very sad story. A 10-year legal battle, and a couple has just turned themselves in for, to uh, federal um, to the feds, basically going to spend five years in jail. Um, in Los Angeles, uh, more fallout from the lottery plan to uh, uh, give out licenses to s- several dispensaries. Six more dispensaries have sued Los Angeles over this, and it uh, looks like someone threw a mo- potentially threw a Molotov cocktail through a, a dispensary in Santa Cruz County. We'll tell you what's up. Illinois, lots of stuff going on in Illinois. Uh, we'll tell, we'll take you there. We'll spend some time in Kansas. Um, also let you know what's going on up in Hawaii, a lot of discussion over potential laws up there. Uh, and, uh, in Michigan, ACLU is appealing the dismissal of Joseph Cassius, uh, his lawsuit against, uh, Walmart for firing him, um, for using medical cannabis. Um, and in the South, we'll talk about Georgia, their, uh, beginning medical marijuana research trials. And, um, at the end of the show, we'll have a, um, a clip, uh, for you, um, about a dad who's. Who's, uh, how old is that son? What's his son? I think he's four, uh, cash, cashy, cash. Yeah. And he has uh, a brain tumor right. mm-hmm. and That's they've right. been administering cannabis to this child. Um, and, uh, well, we have a, a good, good clip at the end of the show for that. All right. Well, it sounds like, it sounds like a pretty good show today. Uh, lots of interesting stuff, uh, to go through. How, how's it been going with you lately, man? Well, life. Okay. Gotten some good personal things accomplished, gotten some, Definitely did some TCB this week. Got that's right. take care of business for for all of you that don't know. Um, and uh, feeling pretty good. Had a lot of good sunshine out here in Northern Cali. But man, I don't know. Seems like dark clouds are kind of uh, surrounding what we're what we're doing here at the Cannabis Agenda and what all of you activists and entrepreneurs are doing out there with medical marijuana throughout the United States. Seems like uh, my sunny day. Which is, I mean, I swear there's not a single cloud in the sky here today, but it still feels cloudy. You know what I mean? Right. I know what you mean. Yeah. We'll get into a little bit more of that later in the show. Yeah. How about you, dude? How are you? Oh, man, I'm hanging, man. I'm trying to survive. You know, college is, ugh, it's tough. It's tough, my friend. But you know what? The, the, the people that persevere, those are the ones that are the, the true survivors. Those are the ones that get the fruits at the end, right? It's true, man. Say, say right, even if it's not true. Just say right right now. <laughs> right, right. And I remember how you're feeling right now because I uh, this month, five years ago, I graduated college, and I remember the last couple months of college, man. And mine was paper heavy. I mean, like every mm-hmm. single class wanted like 15 to 20 pages. That year alone, my last semester basically as a senior in college, uh, I swear I probably wrote like, 150 to 200 page the most i've ever written in a short amount of time and um i don't know i feel like when you have deadlines like that there's just a certain amount of it's going to be crap <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm afraid that that's I, I try to put a big smile on it when i hand it in here's my <laughs> awesome stuff it's great it's it's, it's some of that 45 percent good and 55 percent bullshit but hey <laughs> <laughs> at least I required your word. At least I finished your, you know, fulfilled yeah. your word requirement. And, and, and here's to you not noticing the bullshit. <laughs> right. Jamie's nervous laughter comes because he knows some of his professors listen to the show. Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> <laughs> we were just kidding. Totally oh, no, kidding. They're, they're 100% awesome. They like me. I figured it out. They, 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 as long as I can't, if I don't outwardly figure it out, then it's cool. As long as I keep it quiet and on the down low, it's okay if I figured out that they they just like me and they're helping me out. Because I mean, it's inevitable. Some of this stuff I turn in, I'm like, holy shit, this is how I do it. I get up and I go, oh man, what's something to do today? Oh, oh yeah, that was due. When's that due? 
oh shit, two hours. I go really fast and then I rush off to school and I, and I go and I print off two copies of everything I do. One so I can hand it in and, and the other one so I can read what I wrote on the way home. <laughs> and hopefully it's going to be pretty good. Usually it's pretty decent, but sometimes I go, oh my God, <laughs> did, I, did I just give that to a professor? Yeah. You know, it's fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, your GPA is looking pretty good, so you probably provide less bullshit than a lot of your other, you know. Um, or I, maybe I just do it better. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you probably do. Knowing you, you I, probably do. You got me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're doing good, man. It's the nitty gritty, down to the grind. You can do it. Sure. Get her done. No biggie. You know, you'll shrug it off and then you'll have a, you know, you'll have a little bit of breathing space and you, you're going to walk that line here soon. So congratulations mm-hmm. to you. We, we know how much, effort, you know, Matt and I know how much effort you've put into your education. Um, I know a Thanks lot of people friend. who half-ass their education. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I'm not you know, pointing myself out or anything, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. I know how much you put into it and, uh, uh, you know, we're, has, we're so stoked that, that you're here, man. You, you're the, you're the man. You're the man. So mm-hmm. keep it up. Hey, everybody. We really, really appreciate you listening to our show. We have God, lots and lots and lots of regulars now. Your participation means the world. Um, to those of you that are new, um, you can follow along um, at our website, CannabisAgenda.com. Um, on the website, you can listen to the shows right there. Um, or you can uh, even and you can look at our notes um, click on any of our show notes that goes to the stories that kind of uh, inspire whatever discussion we have. Um, you can view the clips, et cetera, et cetera, right there for the show that you're listening to if you want to do that. Um, and there's a bunch of other links on there as well. Also, big deal, the now that you can, you can donate to us, um, and we really need it. Um, some of our equipment is going bad. Time to replace stuff. And... Uh, we would really, 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 really appreciate it if you guys could uh, throw over four dollars and twenty cents or whatever you can afford. So um, straight from our website, canvasagenda.com, you can what's it? The support, how to support? What's the the support tab? And it'll take you to a PayPal um, arrangement where you can, you know, donate some money. I believe you can use your credit card. You don't have to have PayPal, right? You just have to have a PayPal account. Mm-hmm. So check that out if you get a chance. Um, let us know how that works for you. Let us know any questions, thoughts, comments, criticism, ideas, whatever. Email them to us, info at canvasagenda.com. Or uh, you can always call and leave a three-minute voicemail, 707-654-CAN, C-A-N-N, which are the numbers 2266. Uh, also, we are on iTunes. Um, really, really easy way to listen to uh, uh, podcasts. You subscribe to them. They're downloaded in your player whenever they're available. Our podcast does not come out on the same day every week. So it's just nice when it's, you know, you, you'll see it in your, in, your, in your iTunes player and it's time to listen to it. So check that out. And while you're on iTunes too, if you could remember, please leave us some reviews. We'd really, really, really appreciate that. Uh, so far, we've gotten nothing but positive feedback. So um, mm-hmm. if you want to hammer us, please hammer us. We've, we haven't gotten any hammering. Let's get real, people. What can we do better? Help us out here because this, uh, this is your show too. Um, and we're also on Twitter and Facebook um, so check us out there and recommend us to your friends. Um, we've received a number of emails this week. Uh, we've kind of got a, sh- a shorter timeline today. So we're going to get to all of the emails from this week, next week, along with next week's emails. So we probably do a pretty big uh, uh, interaction with our listener section next week. Um, but yeah, we really, really appreciate y'all helping us out. Like I was saying, <coughs> if you want and you like us a lot, please help us out by supporting us with a donation. 
Um, also, please, we got a quick mention here, marijuanapodcast.com. Um, it's an aggregate of some of the best uh, cannabis radio on the internet, and you can check that out. Um, it's Again, it's marijuanapodcast.com. Also, we have new listeners on the Normal Network. Uh, we air on Normal um, Mondays at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you can find that network at live.normal.org. Um, the show basically is cut short to fit a one-hour time block on normal on the normal network. So please, if you're hearing us on the normal network, go to our site or to iTunes and check us out so you can listen to the full um, the full show. It looks like we've got some stuff going on in the Northwest with the feds mm-hmm. and everything, and a bunch of a bunch of sh- kind of you know shocking breaking news here in the cannabis world. So what what's going on up in uh, Washington, buddy? Man, the feds are coming in and raiding a lot of dispensaries. And incidentally, there was a there was a dispensary. I think they were they're putting on a seminar about how about raids, about getting raided, and how to deal with it, and how to how to handle the situation while they were they were doing raids. <laughs> it's a really bad scene. I think we had a clip. Let's uh, check it out. Confirmed medical marijuana dispensaries, one massive raid across Spokane this afternoon. The DEA is at four different locations from the South Hill to North Spokane. Just a few weeks ago, the Justice Department warned dispensaries that they were breaking federal law. And tonight, public outcry is building as dozens of protesters gathered. KXLY4 Sally Showman is live in the Perry District. And Sally, customers are not happy about those raids. No, Robin. In fact, just a little over an hour ago, this sidewalk was packed with protesters chanting and shouting at the agents that were here. The raid lasted about three hours. Agents left here with all the marijuana from THC Pharmacy. You can see the sign on the door now says closed. Mm. Walked in, about six of them, with their chests all puffed out and said, DEA, you're busted. Everybody sit down. At about 2 o'clock this afternoon, federal agents moved into THC Pharmacy and at least two other Spokane area medical marijuana dispensaries. Cassandra Wright says immediately agents began separating employees and asking questions. And then they proceeded to come in with a bunch of boxes and start taking stuff out. Within half an hour, a crowd of protesters began to grow outside in numbers and intensity. They all believe in it. They all know what medical marijuana means to, to the community, what it means to the sick and the dying. I mean, this is, this is people's lives. David Van Sick is one of several medical marijuana patients protesting today. This allows me to have a life. At two years old, Van Sick was in a gas explosion, and in 2001, he was diagnosed with brain cancer. Medical marijuana brought his appetite back and managed the pain. He's here because he wants others to have the access he's had. Dispensaries are, are the only place people can get it and it's the only safe place people can get it. I mean we're talking about dealing with elderly, people with cancer, AIDS. Why should the patients have to go to the alleys to to get their medicine? Justin Johnson has melanoma. He and others are angry because voters approved the use of medical marijuana in Washington State back in 1998. How the marijuana is bought and sold is vague and left open for interpretation. Federal law states it is illegal to sell or possess marijuana. It's sad. I mean, you, we, we live in a state where the people voted for this. The raid comes in the same month the Washington legislature passed a bill that legitimizes dispensaries. The bill would require dispensaries to be licensed and governed by the state, but Governor Gregg has not yet signed it. People are, are dependent upon these dispensaries. 
I spoke with Governor Gregoire's office today. A spokeswoman says she will not sign that bill as it is right now because it puts state workers in a position where, where they are violating federal law by licensing the dispensaries. She will either veto it outright or do a line item veto and pass an amended version. As for THC Pharmacy, their future is uncertain right now. I talked to the owner. He says the agents completely wiped them out of all of their marijuana, but he is considering replenish, replenishing rather his shelves and staying open. Live in the Perry District, Sally Showman, KXLY4 HD News. Wiggity what, Joe? So, <sighs> hmm. Um, so the, the, they show up and you're busted. And then they start yeah, separating well, everybody and questioning them. Like it's not obvious what's going on there. <laughs> like the, yeah. And you know the timing <laughs> of what, how this happened. First, the governor uh, contacts the feds to ask them if this is potentially uh, dangerous for uh, their state employees, if this is, if, you know, and about the illegality of the, the proposed legislation that they're dealing with. She, that's what started it all. And that was their in. And they knew that because the timing is spread around that, that reaction is spread around the country now. And the feds are, are, are starting to warn everybody as we'll hear more, you know, right. Later in the right, show. right. We'll hear more, right. They're like even warning, uh, warning government officials and people that would potentially be involved in regulating mm -hmm. the industry now that they're saying we can prosecute regulators too. We'll get to that in a bit, yeah. right? That's that's you know I wouldn't buy into it too much either because um, it, it it can be it can be an out for uh, governors, state legislators to say, well, we, all I did was ask them, you know, and really that's just kind of a way for them not to be saying this is not a good thing and I don't want to back it. It's it, it puts it you know in the feds' hands and. Yeah, it's a bad scene. Altogether, it's just a bad scene, I think. Yeah, it's a bad scene. It's worse for the people. Can you imagine if you have a serious situation and you're using cannabis, you know, effectively, and then you show up and it says, closed. Well, right. And I mean, you know, they made a really good point. I mean, we're not only talking about 20 to 30-year-old kids that are smoking weed, Um we're talking about sick people that have gotten used to going to one place to or a couple places to get their cannabis and use it for medicinal purposes. And um, now that changes for them if these places aren't open and it becomes much more difficult. Uh, you know, the thing here, the feds offer no solution. They don't offer any solution to this problem. They don't. It's just constant. Like, this is the way it is. This is federal law. We're not even going to discuss whether or not this should be, you know, uh, still, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, what's the one, not stage one. Uh, uh, schedule. Schedule one. Jeez. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, schedule one. I mean, they don't want to discuss any of that sort of stuff. They just want to, black and white, it's still illegal federally, you know. And I don't know. It just seems like a much more hardline stance from the Obama administration than it was at the beginning. And we know that they didn't fought like they didn't fall through on what they said from the beginning, but now it seems right. like they're trying, they're being explicitly more hardlined. So, oh, yeah. um, it's interesting yeah. as I think you have to watch, you have to watch a guy like Obama because he is no joke. I mean, whoever's for or against him or, you know, voted for him or not. That's, it's kind of beside the point here. Uh, what I'm saying is this guy is extremely intelligent and he is he knows how to think out of the outside of the box and like i was saying many many shows ago 
there's there's a lot of ways to get to this, um, you know, to get at this issue from the federal uh, perspective. And you know, there I wouldn't be surprised if they they try a lot of things that that, that most people aren't expecting. You know, right. it's going to get rougher. Uh, a lot rougher before it gets better. And it kind of just seems like part of that whole, well, we're gonna take a, you know, we're going to take a tough stance on drugs right here before the election cycle starts. And, you know, then they can't talk any crap on us being soft on drugs. Look at how we, you know, prosecuted the marijuana industry over the last year or whatnot, you know. So I don't know. I just wonder if this is how much electoral politics this has got involved with it and whatnot. But, whew. Speaking of politics, yeah, looks like the governor uh, vetoed uh, most of a uh, medical cannabis licensing bill. So this is this is the bill that was passed in Washington prior mm-hmm. to the governor of Washington call, calling the feds to see. Right? Is, is, am I correct on this timeline here? Uh, no, this was going through. This was going through, and okay. it was it was pending legislation. And she that's when she uh, inquired to the feds about the the legality of it somebody had made a, a comment that if you do this you're going to put your your state officials you know the people that were in charge of uh inst- installing and and uh creating the program from the state level uh in in danger in direct jeopardy of they would be vi- violating federal law that's what they were saying and and so she said no way so she contacted them said is this really true is this what'll happen which obviously gives them an in i mean they would have to be completely idiot Complete idiots, which I, I get what I just said. That's totally uh, uh, arguable. But I mean, not to not to seize on that opportunity. So they, it was totally inviting them to come in and, and do the the you know it kind of invited the creation of this debacle that we're in currently. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, we got a clip. We got a clip from this too. It looks like she mm-hmm. didn't veto the entire thing, but she vetoed the vast majority of the bill. So um, mm-hmm. take a listen to this clip. I will not subject my state employees to federal prosecution, period. The governor worries about what would happen if the state started licensing dispensaries and grow operations, as the bill states. They're legal under state law, but not under federal law. The U.S. attorneys say marijuana use is still a federal crime, and anyone helping, such as state employees, could be prosecuted. To punctuate the federal government's determination in this, federal agents raided three dispensaries in Spokane this week. Federal raids in Spokane yesterday are an indication that we need to take the U.S. attorney at his word. Well, that's probably true. You know, the the federal government probably could do that. Would they? I don't think so. The ACLU and the bill supporters agree with Rob White. He's a paraplegic from being gunned down during a robbery 15 years ago. He's a legal user of medicinal marijuana to ease the pain of his condition. It's like being boiled from the waist down. He favors state control of dispensaries and grow operations and better protection against arrest. I don't think us people who are sick and dying should have to live in fear of losing our freedom for using something that helps make life a little more bearable. I cannot approve the bill in full. My foremost concern is that a number of provisions could put state employees at risk of serious personal consequences. The governor's partial veto means there's no state law protecting local medicinal marijuana clubs. They're gearing up should the feds come knocking. 
So you just would rather be a wussy about it instead of being radical. I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, you know, first of all, I don't like how you can like line item veto stuff as the governor. That's mm-hmm. weird to me. Uh, I'm not sure if every state's like that or not. But no. like that's weird. So like you can just veto like almost everything and leave like a few things. It's very, very weird to me. Um, But uh, how do you feel about her? being so concerned about um, her state employees. Mm-hmm. Did she say she was on her period? Is that what's causing all this? I don't know, but like, I mean, potentially. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah. um, I mean, what about the patients? What about the business operators? What about the yeah, growers? You know, what about everybody that makes aside, money on from the industry, from a somewhat side business relating to it? What about all those people, you know? Everybody's going to get hurt by this. I don't think anybody's going to win except the feds, and they're not truly going to win either. No, they're going to, you know, it's a it's an extremely unfortunate situation that was really unnecessary. And I believe, I believe, and I know this is just my personal uh, opinion here, but I really, I really believe that this is uh, Governor uh, Gregoire's fault. It, It, she invited this. She and I believe, and this is just speculative, uh, um, of course, but but I really feel like she knew that ahead of time, you know. And and whether or not she did, I know I, I feel very strongly that other other governors in other states that are now getting intimidated after following suit and asking the same questions, I think, uh, yeah, I think this is a this is a bad trend. It's a very bad trend, and ever since she's done this, the feds have been, we'll be getting to this uh, in just a couple stories, but the feds have been writing letters to all the med states saying that we, I guarantee you they're going to prosecute some, some, someone in government for this at some point now to try to prove that they can do that too, you know what I mean? So, very interesting stuff. Uh, a lot of aftermath um, from the raids in Spokane. Uh, the dispensaries are closing there. we got a sh- uh, sh- uh, clip on this. Um, let's check it out. This afternoon, Governor Gregoire vetoed part of a bill that would have overhauled the state's medical marijuana laws and allowed for dispensaries. The partial veto comes just one day after federal agents raided at least four dispensaries around Spokane. The governor says she will not allow state workers to license marijuana dispensaries because possessing or selling marijuana is a violation of federal law. KXLY 4 Sally Showman is live tonight at one of the dispensaries that was hit yesterday. Yeah, Robin, the owner of THC Pharmacy in the Perry District has rethought things today. Yesterday, right after the raid, he told me he planned to reopen today and sell marijuana. He wanted to take a stand, but now, just 12 hours later, he says he's closing permanently. THC Pharmacy. One call at a time. Now we're not stocking the store. Cassandra Wright is informing patients THC Pharmacy is no longer selling medical marijuana. Today I'm in the process of shutting everything down. Um, we don't dare reopen. Last night we spoke with the store's owner, Charles Wright. THC Pharmacy will be open and in full operation tomorrow. Today, a much different message. Effective immediately, THC Pharmacy is shutting down permanently, and I recommend that all dispensaries and pharmacies in Washington state follow suit immediately. Yesterday, agents raided THC Pharmacy, confiscating all their marijuana and cash. But it wasn't the raid that scared Wright into closing. It was a conversation, he says, his attorney had with U.S. Attorney Michael Ormsby this morning. I am being threatened with 20 years to life, and I have no further political power to do anything. 
if I open the doors today, they will put me in prison tomorrow. It's been a busy morning. Yes, it is. Across town at Essence of Mother Earth, a dispensary that was not raided yesterday, it's business as usual. And there's people that actually need it really bad. They've got the fixings for old-fashioned joints, and then there's the goodies. Those are snickerdoodles. This is a brownie, and this is a, a cupcake. Awesome. Owner Wayland Colbank doesn't know why he wasn't hit yesterday. A matter of time, you know. He's prepared for the feds to arrive any minute. He scaled way back on his inventory. Jeez. When they do come in, we don't want them to take thousands of dollars worth of stuff. Colbank says he's making a stand for patients who don't know where else to turn. They're making it so people have to go to the streets again. I mean, they're, they're promoting the black market, which is crazy to me. You know? Now, the owner of THC Pharmacy tells me that U.S. Attorney Michael Ormsby told his attorney today that these raids will continue on local dispensaries until all of them are in compliance uh, with federal law that states it's illegal to possess or sell marijuana. I spoke with Michael Ormsby this afternoon. He would not comment on the case, but says it's an ongoing investigation. Live in the Perry District of Spokane, I'm Sally Showman. I don't get it. I just don't get it. First of all, I thought it was really weird how they went into that little segment about what they had inside the store. Who gives a shit? Um, like, mm -hmm. what we care about right now is what the fuck are the feds up to and why? Right. Like, they're going to... First of all, do you believe it? You think they'll shut down every dispensary in Spokane or Washington? It sounds like they're going after Spokane specifically. Isn't that what it sounds like? And are they just like trying mm -hmm. to prove a point? Look, we could shut down your city whenever we want to. You know? hey, perhaps that speaks to uh, what some uh, kind of um, some people are saying in, in response to this. That it, well, actually, in, in conjunction with their claim that the feds are just bluffing. Initially, they were just they're just bluffing. They wouldn't be able to really crack down on all these people because they literally aren't able to do that. They literally don't have the manpower and they don't have the ability to do that. So maybe. Just maybe this is why they're uh, focusing on Spokane to make a, a concentrated, you know, solid dent, you know, a solid uh, to have a, a clear effect, you know, and that that's how that that's how this thing starts as uh, as we'll find out more as we get into our next uh, story. This one from uh, from the national spotlight. Uh, they've contacted Colorado now. Um, this is, uh, like I said, this is a new federal plague they're trying to spread around the nation as far as uh, medical cannabis is concerned, cannabis law in general. Um, last Tuesday, uh, top federal prosecutor in Colorado, John Walsh, let's see if this doesn't sound familiar. He sent a letter to Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper and some lawmakers. The letter says that states should not pass bills that appear to authorize the medical marijuana business because the drug is still illegal under federal law. Though 15 states, as we know, allow medical pot, plus uh, the District of Columbia. Um, the Colorado legislature, of course, is in the in the middle of considering bill a bill that we've we've reported on the cannabis agenda um, to tweak the nation's most extensive state marijuana re regulations. And uh, those regulations were are set to take effect this summer, and they will mandate how pot can be sold and grown. And it gives state regulators uh, seed to sale tracking of the drugs. So these are all things that the feds should be pleased with because they're trying to uh, 
kind of rein in and control a little bit better, more, more regulatory uh, efforts is what this is, you know, better, better control and keep a better, more clear eye on what's going on in the process. So I don't know. I don't know how they can say that this just happened. I mean, they weren't doing this until recently. I think that this was invited. And personally, I have a huge bone to pick with, (laughs) with the governor of uh, the state of Washington because she she started this whole thing and this is somebody's brainchild believe me I guarantee you that somebody thought this up because this doesn't just rear its head this often it's not just just uh, the state of Washington or the state of Colorado but uh, Walsh's letter uh, closely resembled letters that were also sent uh, earlier by federal prosecutors in California and Montana. And we'll get to a little bit later in the program. They've just contacted in, the, in a similar fashion, uh, Rhode Island. So it's an ongoing trend of federal intimidation tactics. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> to be honest, I'm just so confused how like, I just feel this like shift. Do you feel it? It's weird. It's, really... it's not a shift. It's kind of, it's more of a shock. Right more really fast and they intended to be that way you know that's well you heard the lady on the clip we played a little while ago she said they they came in here with their chests all puffed out that's just kind of you know part of the show that's what they're that's what they're trying to do they're trying to come in there and say we have the power period and you can't mess with us and you know so this, okay so what you were saying before we said seg- when we were segueing into this story here was that you feel like they're going hard after one area because it's all they can really afford to do at the same time that they're sending out these intimidating letters to these other states and these other officials so that it kind of it it like scares them into thinking oh shit they're coming they're coming hard Sure. Well, how many of us? How many of us? And how many? How many listeners out there have, have likely heard uh, legislation, or, or even even the proposal that they discuss potential legislation? Even at those beginning stages, um, they've heard people, let, uh, lawmakers in their state, say things like, "Well, you know, we don't want anything like like they have." Whatever. Usually, it started out they were refer- most of them were referring to California. We don't want it like California's got. You know, the Wild West and all that. That's become a cliche statement now. The Wild, Wild West, you know. And it, it's, it's a similar, it's a similar uh, instance with this. They, they're, they, they, they're fully aware that there's a high likelihood. Well, especially with their patient urging of the of various governors in various states, um, you know, through their letters and, and, and telling them, you know, warning them that they, this could happen to you too. They, they know that, that governors in, in states are going to say, I mean, trust, look at it this way. There's only like 50, 50 governors. <laughs> it's not a huge group of people. And uh, they're going to, they're, some of them are likely going to say, you know, no way. We don't want that. We don't want that. We care about, we care about people. They can say this without really having to back it up. We, we care about individuals that are, that are sick and ailing. Of course we do. Certainly, we'd want to do anything we could to help them. But our hands are tied because we don't want that. We're not going to invite that into our state. It's a disaster. They say things like that. It's, it's, it's hard for a lot of uh, reasonable, rational people, rational people uh, and, and especially people outside of the cannabis culture that might be behind this for, for a lot of reasons that make sense for people that don't even care about pot. You know, the, it, it's difficult for those folks to argue against, you know, a stance like that. It's hard for them to, to say, no, bullshit, we want to bring that into our state. Right. It's a good point. 
but it's a it's a fabric it's a fabricated one in my opinion. I think they're they're building this up to try to create pressure and to create tension and and, and scare people. And it's it, crazy though because what they're doing is they're stop. I mean, they're stopping something that's happening from going into a more legitimate, streamlined business sort of thing where people can operate legally and. Side business can open, taxes can be collected, and fees can be paid, and back in, like they said, into the in, back well, I mean, into the alley. You know, you're a big sports fan. I know you uh, are are a big sports enthusiast. You, uh, if you're if you're in the in the lane, and you're just getting ready to rush forward to make a shot, take a you know uh, a go for a basket. Do you look directly where you're getting ready to run, or do you look the other way and then run that direction? Uh, hmm. I, I pretty you want to pull love. the fake you. You got to throw them off, man. You're not sure. going to give it up that easy. That's exactly what's going on here, I believe. You know, yeah. And and it's it's very very disconcerting. Um, it, recently in in Arizona, U.S. Attorney Dennis Burke announced that he'll offer advice to lawmakers in that state considering mar- marijuana rules. So here we go again. You know, it's uh, it's it's perpetuating itself. Well, it's not perpetuating itself. You know, the Fed is perpetuating it, but it's it's growing nonetheless. Keep an eye on what's happening with this. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, we will. Be if people it. believe in these things, though, and it sucks. I, I know that this you hate this part, but the reality is sometimes civil disobedience is necessary. Yep. It's just necessary, and this might get to a point where people have to go. Do we really think so? Or are we going to go? Ah, shucks, never mind. Forget it. Because this isn't an issue where you can do that, in my in my uh, awareness, I don't believe that this is an issue that most people uh, that really need medical cannabis even have an option to consider. Um, and people are going to have to stand up eventually. They're going to put they're they're going to try to ram us into a corner, and then it's then it's fight or flight, and you have to decide what you're going to do. Now, certainly, I'm not advocating, and I would highly recommend against any sort of violence or anything like that. That's that's not what what we're we're talking about here. But but to stand up and be aggressive and say no bullshit, this isn't right, and we're sick of this, and and and, and organizing spontaneously, even even in, in large numbers, and going to the Capitol and demanding. Uh, attention, the proper attention, be given to this. That's uh, something that that may be inevitable. We'll see. Yep. Keep an eye on what's happening with it. All right. Well, we got one. Other, we're going to look at one other uh, national spotlight story today. It looks like uh, Colorado U.S. Congressman Jared Polis is going to file a marijuana legalization bill this year. What's going on with that, Jamie? Yeah, he told an overflow cl- overflow crowd during the keynote address at Normal's 40th anniversary conference at the Grand Hyatt Hotel in downtown Denver uh, last Saturday afternoon. Um, I'm optimistic. This is a quote directly from him, by the way. I am optimistic that we will reach a day when America has the smart, sensible marijuana policy that we deserve, end quote. Um, He went on to say, uh, but it could go either way. We could return to the dark ages of repression, or we could be on the eve of a new era of marijuana legalization. Your efforts will help determine which route this country takes and the legacy of this generation of activists on what marijuana policy looks like. Together, we can accomplish accomplish this um he told their crowd and uh i could not uh have said that better that's that's precisely what i was the point i was just attempting to get across before we hit this story right and isn't there also it, the, the isn't he also pushing it says in the story potentially a uh, medical um a bill for patients to 
get more, uh, you know, like protection in case another administration comes in and is harsh on patients. Because so far, we do have to give the Obama administration that. They have not pursued patience. Isn't that right? They haven't really pursued patience over the last four years. I don't know. I would argue that uh, that's the way that they do pursue patients. Um, they, they hit them at the source. They hit them at the dispensary. They said they hit them at the place where they uh, get their cannabis from. That's true. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, who's it hurting? Right. You know? Right. Right. I guess sure. I'm just saying they haven't prosecuted patients like how right. George Bush did during his first term and whatnot. But mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, looks like we should move on to the East Coast. We've got some news there. I tell you what, New Jersey Attorney General, guess this one. I'm sure you already have. He's mm-hmm. asked the Obama administration if medical marijuana program could violate U.S. law. What do you think? Of course it could. It's <laughs> illegal at the federal level. <laughs> Why would you do that? This is so stupid. I mean, you don't do that for anything else that you do. There's all sorts of laws that we pass that are potentially illegal at the federal level. Guess how it's dealt with? We don't call the freaking president and or, or their administration and, and try and find out prior to like, hey, we would really like your opinion on this. It's like your opinion doesn't even matter. It's the opinion of the Supreme Court. So it seems like it's weird how this is all of a sudden gone right. down. Well, you see, I would caution everybody listening to this uh, to, to think uh, a little bit broader. Zoom out of this original uh, picture and, and look at the broader spectrum of what's happening here. Because you're right. Why would you do that? That's a good question. Exactly. And then maybe you should think in a little broader sense and think, wait a minute. What's really, why would they do that? Exactly. What's really going on? How is this start? I mean, ugh. it seems like a, a, an incredible blend of state and federal politics. If, uh, mm-hmm. if you ask me, I mean, I don't know. We've been pretty hardcore, like states' rights kind of, kind of, uh, for a long time, you know, we've allowed a lot of leeway on laws with, within states, and, and now all of well, a sudden, you want the federal government, you want the uh, the administration's opinion on laws you're going to make? Like, really? That's that's as we'll hear a little bit later in the program. Uh, <laughs> the, the polls show that the public opinion is changing um, fairly rapid, rapidly, and uh, so obviously, just on its face, talking to people is not working, right? Oh, Rhode Island. Um, they're suffering a setback. And it, uh, guess what? Guess why they're suffering setbacks? Hmm. All right. What's going on here, Jamie? We've got a clip for this, right? Starting to feel a theme going on. I know. Bach is a doctor of acupuncture who treats patients with Chinese herbs and also believes in the benefits of medical marijuana. Bach is on the board of the Portsmouth Compassion Center, a medical marijuana facility scheduled to open in six weeks. I started um, getting involved in this program I'm as a doctor of acupuncture, working with lots of cancer patients over the years. We visited Dr. Bach's office to get his reaction to a letter that U.S. Attorney Peter Nerona hand-delivered to the governor's office Friday, saying the state's law establishing three medical marijuana centers violates federal law and could lead to civil and criminal prosecution. We believe that we, that we had a certain amount of clearance to proceed with this bill, and it seems like there's been a reversal in the Obama administration, a flip-flop, if you will. In the letter, Nerona said the Department of Justice could consider civil and criminal legal remedies against those individuals and entities who set up marijuana-growing facilities and dispensaries, as such action are in violation of federal law. It's very surprising after all of the effort that we've put into this and all of the other compassion centers have put into this and the General Assembly has put into this that 
out of the blue right before we're about to start operations, um, they would come out and say, you know, you can't do this. But then again, we have the reality version um, that seems to show that they can. Yeah, and they, they definitely can, and they can definitely intimidate you. Um, so, whew. I'm confused, man. Really, this week is shocking to me. I don't even make all this stuff. Um, right. What a t- I mean, it's a, it seems it seems like a pretty you know, I'm not, I don't want to say good, but I mean, if, if you're looking at winning and losing and federal government wants to win, make some progress, their tactics seem to be working a bit right now. So mm-hmm. <sighs> go figure. I guess that's what happens when you're, when you got the, the money and, you know, influence that they've got. So, um, looks like, uh, mm-hmm. looks Pennsylvania. Like, yeah. Pennsylvania. What's up there? Hey, they're bringing us a little bit of positive uh, news, potentially. As usual, it's potentially positive news, but uh, medical marijuana bill there has been reintroduced uh, over in Pennsylvania. I don't uh, recall. It was 13-something, uh, 28-something. That's kind of irrelevant. The bill that was just passed, it didn't go anywhere. It kind of died. But this is a pretty much exact same thing, uh, this time called SB 1003. Um, and it, it was brought forward by Keystone State Senator Dalen Leach um, on April 25th with Senators Larry Farnese, James Furlow, and Wayne Fon- uh, Fontana as the initial co-sponsors. Um, the legislation has been referred to the Senate Public Health and Welf- Welfare Committee. Um, it's uh, uh, basically a reintroduction of the bill, as we said, uh, that was active uh, in 09 and in 10 in both houses that uh, the bill includes provisions for home cultivation, collects the state sales tax on medical cannabis. And uh, last year it saw some public hearings, but uh, it didn't get really very far uh, past that. So we'll keep an eye on this. It looks uh, somewhat promising. If you hear these guys that are sponsoring this thing talk about it, they're on the right page. They bring up the the Schaefer Commission and a lot of important things that make a lot of sense. So we'll keep our our, our eyes peeled or, or what is that, ears to the track, See see where this one starts going. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, the full text of that bill is on the on the site. If you go to Cannabis Agenda and you can check our notes and and read it uh, word for word, word for word. Uh, hmm. So that's potentially good news. <laughs> We're going to move right back into <laughs> potentially crappy news uh, or crappy news. So uh, with your Rocky Mountain High this week, uh, your Colorado, Montana, Idaho news. Yeah, it's just a quick mention. It's kind of an overlap, actually. Uh, it's about Joe uh, John Walsh, U.S. Attorney John Walsh, sending the letter to uh, Colorado. Um, just uh, our our unwanted theme of the day: um, more more Fed tactics. You know, so we we'll, we could uh, actually move on to that uh, from that one and uh, go on to uh, an unusual story that involves disgust. This time, uh, the Montana governor is actually disgusted with his legislature. If uh, you know anything about what's going on in the cannabis world, you've certainly heard about the uh, crazy debacle going on in the Montana state legislature trying to reverse the people's decision on medical cannabis, longstanding decision at that. Um, Well, it looks like, uh, well, you know, initially we reported, I believe it was on our last program, that uh, 
they wanted to do a full repeal. Well, the governor says no way for that exact purpose because that was the will of the people. And that is like the most heinous thing he could think of doing out from, you know, aside from outright attacking them in some violent way, um, you know, is to reverse their, their power of, of uh, collection like that. And so he said no, and he vetoed it and sent it out there. Well, simultaneously, they had pending a Senate Bill 423, which was uh, an intended tactic that they, they knew what they were doing. They wanted to make something that would be basically the same thing as a repeal in, a, in effect. And uh, they sent it to him, and he, he didn't want to pass it, and they ran out of time, and he, uh, he let it go. He said uh, he had uh, – well, actually, they, they discussed some things. They made a couple revisions. Um, he, uh, the governor was asking them to allow for profit. He was asking them to uh, expand the amount of uh, plants that they could have and a couple of other things. And uh, they really weren't. They made some adjustments to it, and uh, and, and the bill went through. Um, you can check out the full text of this bill um, on our website. It should be in our show notes, so give it a look-see. Uh, you better prepare yourself for this one because it might be a, a uncomfortable read to say the least. What we need is activists to stand up against these things. We need people to find courage if they don't immediately have it and stand up and go out there and forcefully, constructively, and intelligently tell them and demand that they listen, um, that this is not going to be stood for or accepted. <coughs> just uh, uh, a Montana activist, Jason Christ, has done just that. He uh, has made headlines in recent months for, among other things, smoking marijuana on the lawn of the Capitol in Helena. He has released a statement about the recent passage of the Montana Marijuana Act. In the statement, he says he is drafting a complaint against the state of Montana in order to ensure that Montanans are able to find healthy relief through the use of medical marijuana. He also says that an attorney will be present at the meeting in Missoula on Thursday night uh, who will discuss methods of stopping the Montana Marijuana Act, quote, cold in its tracks and uh we'll have the story posted as well there's a full text of chris's letter which uh due to uh, time constraints we're not going to really read through that but you can check it out there's a meeting the meeting's free it'll happen this thursday night may 5th 2011 at 7 p.m in missoula so if you wish to participate there's a way to get a hold of them and contact them via email on this uh little story that we have here so uh check it out on our site thecannabisagenda.com hit the show notes and uh you'll be off and running California knows mm -hmm. how to party. Right. They do. Well, I'll tell you what. Dr. Molly Fry and Dale Schaefer uh, are having nothing close to a party right now. No. Absolutely sad story for these folks. Um, the story itself, you'll have to read the backstory. Uh, do a little searching. I, I urge you to uh, Google these these folks. Um, talk about some peaceful, helpful people um, and some positive individuals. I tell you what, this is uh, this epitomizes the the harm that the Fed and the federal policy uh, it continues to do. Um, so we'll, uh, they've been fighting this uh, federal charges for 10 years now. Um, unfortunately, that, that fight came to a close recently. They surrendered themselves, um, I believe, uh, May 2nd, yesterday, um, to the federal courthouse uh, in Sacramento um, for a five-year term in federal prison. And uh, there was a very emotional two-hour rally. About, about 250 supporters were out there. And uh, it's, really, it's really a bum deal. They're a married couple. They're both uh, medical marijuana patients themselves. They were prosecuted by federal authorities for helping other patients uh, despite their operating legally under California law. So 
there you have it. Um, take a look at the story. Uh, there's several uh, video clips on this one as well. You can uh, kind of peruse through at your leisure. Um, it's uh, it's more of the same, isn't it? I tell you what. It is. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, the themes are, as we've continued doing this show, uh, we fall, you know, I don't know how, how closely all of you out there follow all these stories, but. Uh, this was one that we haven't even covered before. I didn't even know about their battle, and uh, it's really sad to see basically a family thrown in jail for um, something that's not harmful to to people. Um, for doing something right. Yep, yep. And uh, speaking of doing something wrong, um, looks like there's, uh, six more dispensaries in L.A. have uh, uh, decided to sue Los Angeles over their lottery plan. Uh, what that means? Mm-hmm. What that means, right, is that there's. Um, they cut the amount of dispensaries down, thinking it would land at a certain level. Their rules brought that down to where actually they didn't quite meet that threshold. So they have are going to have a certain amount of licenses that they will give to people for dispensaries to get to that number. And they will, but you will be in a lottery to get the permit or the licenses. Right? That's the deal. Yeah. Yep. And, and the problem is some of these are well established. They've been around for a long time. You know, you would think that these ones have their act together. They would be likely to uh, stick around, you know, or maybe some fly by night joint or that doesn't really know what they're doing. They would be the ones to get cut and they would discriminate, you know, based off using, quality. Yeah. I mean, exactly. doesn't that sound intelligent instead of lottery? I mean, if, if, because one of the big deals in LA is that they're pissed that there are so many like little rogue kind of weird. Right. Uh, somewhat like sketchy dispensaries around, and I've seen them. They exist. It's no bullshit. Mm-hmm. It, it, seriously. Um, but like, um, they they so they want to get that element out, but then they're gonna allow that element to potentially win a business license in the lottery. I don't know. It seems like I don't know. It just doesn't seem sensible. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, we'll keep an eye on, you know, I, 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 on what's going on with this. It should get interesting. This one's going to get a lot worse before it gets better as That's, well. Los Angeles um, has been these, a mess for years now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Nothing new to these guys. But uh, six more, all six of these have filed separate legal challenges. They've got attorneys. It's going to be a mess. It's going to cost a fortune. Yep. Um, city officials are proceeding on two tracks. They've moved forward to set up the lottery, but also have appealed a court ruling that invalidated parts of an earlier ordinance that would have used a different method to reduce the number of dispensaries in the city. So we'll... Uh, Keep you updated as this one develops. Well, um, moving, we're still in California, are we not? We Is are Santa Cruz. Yeah, you know Santa Cruz County. Smalltop cocktail business again. Yeah, we had this going on in Montana, but now California, California mayhem. Apparently, yeah, in uh, Santa Cruz, Santa too. Cruz County. Yeah, they're investigating uh, su- uh, suspected arson. I, I think it's pretty obvious that it's arson. In fact, there's video of uh, of the thing at a. Uh, What's it? Um, the Capitola Healing Association. They got a mm-hmm. Molotov cocktail through the front window uh, this past weekend. <sighs> Not so great. There's uh, an award out for any uh, information that can lead to the arrest of the suspects. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> In Santa Cruz? I wonder. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, you think if it could happen there, geez, Louise. Yeah, are we playing these clips or no? no. But uh, there is video if anyone wants to check out a dispensary on fire. <laughs> mm, son of a gun, moving over. Hey, here we come to the Midwest. Uh, these are some interesting stories. Just a brief mention about the the, the pending uh, medical cannabis legislation in this state. It looks like it may very well uh, see a vote this this week. 
So we'll keep you up on, up to date on that. And one uh, very interesting um, development because of the tighter restriction in uh, Lou Lang is the majority whip here in the House Legislature of Illinois. Um, he has sponsored the bill, chief sponsor of the bill. And uh, because of the tighter restrictions in Lang's new bill, the Illinois State Police, the Fraternal Order of Police, and the Illinois Chamber of Commerce have all dropped their opposition to the bill and are now neutral. So this could be uh, a serious change coming our way. Um, in some uh, not-so-happy news, uh, Illinois Supreme Court has recently made a really bad ruling um, that could hurt cannabis users. Now, this this involved another substance, um, like I think it might have even been meth or something. It seems that the issue here, uh, this was really actually uh, an interpretation of the law, and um, most people that I've spoken with and most of the articles I've read have uh, agreed that they feel strongly this was a, a misinterpretation of the law because our law says if there's a little clause here and you got to read it's all legalese you know but it says if the substance was caught was uh, had causal connection if it, if it would cause the the accident to happen because the person was under the influence of something because they were under the influence because they were impaired that's what it was talking about that they were actively had experiencing impairment at the moment but this individual had used some kind of a drug and it was in their system but they were not under the influence of it it, it was residual you know it was you know it was from a long time ago so it didn't cause the accident well the the court originally ruled that that was the case um, and then the supreme court uh, overturned that and said no wait he does. He is charged with that, and they sent him to prison for a pretty extensive amount of time. And uh, this story's up there. It's a little bit more extensive than we can totally get into right now. But uh, check it out on the site. It's uh, the Il- Illinois Supreme Court uh, story under the Midwest Melees and Glimmers of Hope. Um, talking about glimmers of hope, not much going on down in there in the land of Dorothy. Kansas medical marijuana bill is a non-starter. It went absolutely nowhere. And listen to this. It's because none of their lawmakers would let it. Um, it was sponsored originally uh, by, uh, let me see, Gail Finney is her name. And uh, in, an, in an interview, uh, Miss Finney says, a lot of the constituents are being ignored. Um, Finney says she's seeking a state-regulated program to allow physicians to write prescriptions for medical pot for uh, you know various ailments, um, as we're familiar with. The Speaker of the House and the Chairwoman of the House Health Committee have not taken any steps to hold hearings or otherwise advance the bill. This is a, a new a new thing. Not so surprising coming from the state of Kansas. I think it's like all extremely uh, kind of right-wing and conservative. Uh, state with this little exception of Lawrence, a small town, that's a small city in there. It's kind of the the liberal bastion of the state. Um, so that's uh, not so happy news. Um, here's some potentially very unhappy news for Hawaii. Check this one out. This is pretty scary. Have you read this one yet? This one? No, I did not. I did not see this one. What's going on here? Senator Green. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. There was uh, uh, the latest uh, conference committee meeting between the House and Senate to discuss uh, in Hawaii uh, to discuss SB 1458, SD2, and HD3, which aims to establish a medical marijuana dispensary pilot program in the state of Hawaii. Um, they, uh, they, 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 this story features someone that, that attended the conference, and they said, or they said that uh, they looked over the proposed bill, and their opinion, in their opinion, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, as I've read over this and kind of educating myself on what's going on there, I couldn't concur anymore. Um, as the meeting, 
at the meeting last week, uh, Senator Greed Green presented the Senate draft. Um, he did not have copies for uh, the other conferees, so they didn't have much info to go on, kind of keep them in the dark, you know, and feed them a lot of bullshit. I guess that's huh. the strategy here. But here's what he said: He's concerned about abuse of the program as demonstrated by all the young people who have registered. He said that 50% of those on the Big Island are under age 30, and 500 people on the Big Island are under 21. He said he intends to quote clean up the law. Why? Because that's not democratic. Because it's not, I mean, under yeah. 30 is, has Sounds like a, ageism to me, doesn't the, it? Dude, well, yeah, and the thing is, is it's across the board, under age 30, we have a more liberal, uh, you know, more open viewpoint about marijuana, more accepting viewpoint about marijuana in general. So, of course, we would be using it more because we you think, get it. We think it's cool. We think it's okay. Right. You know, um, yeah. We get it. We didn't well, live around Tricky Dick in the beginning of the drug war and the Reagan, and, you know, weren't, I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. Here's, uh, here's Senator Green's brilliant idea. He wants the Department of Health to create a single dispensary based on where their analysis shows the medical need is highest, which evidently that means anybody else in the state of Hawaii, if you're not familiar with the, uh, the state of Hawaii, that's a, that's a series of islands apart from one another. Um, they uh, wherever they decide it's highest, everybody else is just gonna have to find a way to get over there if they want their doggone drugs. I'm sure it would be his way of saying it. Um, he says it could should focus on those with cancer, MS, and other neuromuscular disorders. The bill would therefore amend the list of qualifying conditions by deleting severe pain, severe nausea, and Crohn's disease. If you ever have any idea what that is, oh my gosh, Google that for a minute. That's some scary stuff. Well, those folks are out of luck under Green's proposed uh, changes. There's a 60-day grace period so that those with a current card whose condition is no longer eligible have two months before they have to turn in their card since they no longer qualify. He said there'll be a significant license fee, licensing fee, about $30,000, an out-of-state rate of $100, and it won't address the transportation, uh, transportation issue. Um, he said public safety and the Department of Health would have to collaborate under his bill, DOH uh, licenses, the single pilot program dispensary, and PSD retains the patient registry. Um, you can read more about this story on our site. Oh, my goodness. Crazy stuff going on. Unfortunate for the folks in Hawaii. Whew, man, what a tough show. <laughs> this, this it's a rough one, man. This hey, you know brutal. What? The tough guys to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Some stuff going on in Michigan marijuana. Uh, this is a, a reasonably decent story. Um, the ACLU, pretty simple. We're just going to make a quick mention of this, but we followed uh, Josie, Joe Cassius. Um, Joseph Cassius, of course, is the gentleman with the uh, advanced uh, um, tumors in his brain. Uh, he's got some very serious, very serious conditions. Um, his time is definitely limited um, to shorter than any, any healthy individual, to say the least. Um, from what we've read and heard about Mr. Cassie, he's a great guy. Walmart said themselves, hey, he's the employee of the year. We love him. Everybody here likes him. He's a, he's a great person and a great employee. Then they found out he had pot in the system and said, sorry, you're out of luck. They fired him. There was a big hoopla about it, in case you haven't followed this story. And uh, the, the, his lawsuit against them uh, was dropped. They Well, not dropped. It was dismissed. dismissed. Yeah, yeah, they said they, they kicked it out. Um, now the ACLU had said mentioned or had, had stated that they would, uh, pick this up for him in an appeal. Um, well, I'm glad to report that that has happened. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. The ACL, you will be working on that as, as they do, as they're doing their business, we'll be keeping an eye on what's happening and let you guys know how long as, we've been, when did you know, this first go? How we've been following this story for a long time now. 
When did yeah, that, this when did first originally... came down. Oh my goodness, that was about back was in the beginning of the show, ago, wasn't right? it? Yeah, um, early. Yeah, they passed the uh, Michigan Med- Medical Marijuana Act in '08, and I know that um, the the big ruling happened um, back in February. And let me see. I'm trying to find this. Um, Cassius actually was Michigan's, uh, uh, the, the Walmarts that he worked at, um, associate of the year, uh, in 08 as well. So that was right around when the law came, uh, became legal, um, or it came into effect. And then, um, yeah, since then it's been about a year, what the year, year and a half. And, uh, yeah, so that's where it's at. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this. Something something good's got to happen out of this um, sooner or later. That we have to make some, we have to make some positive strides, like they're doing in Georgia. It Georgia. Looks like. Georgia, taking off down south for a little story. This is kind of an interesting one. Georgia uh, evidently is to begin medical marijuana research trials. Um, yes, we cannabis was the rallying cry of many people and organizations on the grounds of the state capitol last. Uh, or Wednesday um, on 420 um, in support of marijuana policy reform in the state of Georgia. Um, they uh, evidently there was some sort of a, an act that already existed. Um, it was, it's called the marijuana necessities act of 1981. And the group was celebrating the fact that Georgia has started to implement this, um, this act, the MMNA 1981, that will establish procedures in a medical board for which patients can be prescribed legal medical marijuana in Georgia as part of clinical research trials. Um, the Georgia legislator pa- legislature passed this, um, we'll call it the MMNA, um, in 1981. However, the political climate quickly shifted against uh, marijuana under the quickly shifted. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. Be on the lookout under the president. Uh, Ronald Reagan administration, um, the trials were defunded. Until yeah. now, the state continued to fail to implement the law. And uh, there's representatives from LEAP, Normal, CAMP, uh, Georgia Taxpayers Alliance, uh, our SSDP guys were out there, Educators for Sensible Drug Policy, which is teachers, which is awesome, and uh, Cannabis Culture Magazine as well. And uh, so it's, it's good to see that some positive stuff is coming out of this. Um, it's, uh, it's going so far. Um, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. But be, be, be aware, this doesn't mean they're going to have any kind of law on the books anytime soon. It just means that they're going to start uh, taking a look at it and doing some actual research trials, hopefully. They're requesting their, their cannabis for the trials from the feds. <laughs> so there's a little caveat for you. Um, don't, get you don't count your chickens just yet. Well, on that positive note, I think we're going to wrap because I don't know about you, my friends. Uh, I'm not really, uh, I'm not comfortable handling any more negative news on this day. You know, we got to take these in bite-sized chunks. You know what I mean? Seriously, it was like literally Washington and the national spotlight were Blam, 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 blam. Right. Left, right, left, right, left, right. Body shot, uppercut. Just, Holy smokes! Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, Give me uh, some oxygen. I know, right? Like it's. It seems like. Uh, seems like they've started fighting back. I wonder if it's all just PR thing, or if you know, if it's really about or a bowl to go. of hash, and we'll sing Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty uh, rotten 
Yeah. Anyway, stick around uh, for a, a, an excellent clip at the end of the show. Um, you probably heard of Cashy Hyde, the little, uh, the young toddler that was dying of uh, a peanut-sized brain tumor, and uh, the the established medicine was well. Although you make your judgment and whether you think that was killing him or not, it was certainly not helping him out too much. And his dad took matters in his own hands. And uh, this is a this is an interesting clip. It's not a sad. It's not a really sad one. It's very emotional, but it's positive, so it's worth sticking around for. And that. Uh, that I believe, sir, is uh, episode 58. Can you take us home? We can. And um, thank you guys for uh, sticking around, checking out the show. Um, it was a pretty quick one today, um, but we'll be back next week. Hopefully, we'll have some good news next week. We'll definitely be shooting for that. Uh, please, please, please um, consider supporting us. Um, you can go onto our website, which is cannabisagenda.com. Um, and you can click on support and you can donate to us um, via PayPal account with your credit card or whatever. It doesn't have to be PayPal money in PayPal. Um, we I, uh, $4.20 $4. and per month. Yeah, whatever you want. $4.20 once. Yeah. $420. $42,000. I don't know. $416.87. Yeah. yeah, but please support us and we would really yeah. appreciate it. Um, uh, also, you can uh, you can email us anytime. Suggestions, questions, uh, ideas, critic, uh, uh, criticism, comments, whatever. Um, info at canvasagenda dot com or call us seven zero seven six five four can C A N N or the numbers two two six six. We are also available on iTunes. Check us out there; it's the easiest way to listen to podcasts and uh, leave reviews for us if you could. And um, Twitter and Facebook, we're there. Suggest us to your friends. We love you guys. Thank you so much for uh, being part of this and. Um, We'll see you next time. Peace and pot. Bye-bye. Take care, y'all. You've been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. Federal agents in Spokane raided several medical marijuana dispensaries today, enforcing federal law that makes selling or possessing marijuana illegal. But for some families, that drug is a godsend in treating a variety of diseases. Two-year-old Cash Hyde was diagnosed last year with a stage four brain tumor. He nearly died more times than his family can count and was miserable from the high-dose chemo coursing through his tiny body until his dad turned to a controversial place and gave cannabis to his young son. KXLY4's Melissa Luck is here, been working on this story. Yeah, controversial, Robin, is an understatement. Medical marijuana is a political football both here in Washington and in Cashy's home state of Montana. But his father said to me, when your child is dying of cancer, you'll do anything you can to help. His choice defied doctors, but he says saved Cashy's life. June 21st, 2008 is a day Mike and Callie Hyde will never forget. He was just a healthy little boy, born there in Missoula. Cash Michael Hyde's very first birthday, a family now complete. They never could have imagined the journey little Cashy's life would take. He was just your average happy little kid, and then... He just started to get sick. It was shortly before Cashy's second birthday when Dad Mike knew something wasn't right. Well, he started being very tired, sleeping a lot, uh, very cranky. He started to throw up. 
Um, we started taking him to the doctor, and the doctor would tell us that he had mono. For six weeks, it was the same diagnosis over and over. But Mike refused to accept what doctors were telling him. He knew, like any parent would, that something was terribly wrong. I was like, it feels like he's dying in my arms. We need to take him somewhere else, you know? And so we took him to the ER, and that's when they did a CAT scan on him, and they found a 4.5-centimeter tumor in his brain. They loaded him up, and they were gone to Salt Lake City within a matter of a couple hours of finding the tumor. At Salt Lake's primary children's hospital came the devastating news. Their little boy was facing incredible odds. Brain surgery revealed a peanut tumor wrapped around Cashy's optic nerve. When we arrived in Salt Lake in May, Cashy was so sick that I, he, I mean, his eye was starting to get pushed out. Um, he was sleeping 16 to 18 hours a day. He was vomiting. He was pretty much as sick as you know you can get without being you know on your deathbed. Doctors cut into Cashy's brain to remove what they could. Only about 10 percent of the tumor. The Hydes could only hope aggressive treatment could get the rest. Three rounds of chemo followed by stem cell rescue, then three rounds of high-dose chemo after that. A difficult treatment plan for anyone. So imagine what it did to a two-year-old kid. So the first night of chemo, we did 10 hours with the seizures down in the ICU. And, you know, the doctors told us then he could have brain damage from these seizures. We don't know where it's going to be in the morning. Just going to have to wait and find out. Cashy spent his second birthday in a hospital bed, swollen and sick from the medication intended to save his life. Doctors were uncertain he would make it to his third birthday. It's, it's overwhelming, I guess, to say the least. And uh, we had a lot of scary, scary things happen in June. He got a blood infection, um, went and... Uh, Went into septic shock, went to the ICU, ended up coding, and they had to resuscitate him. I was, I was standing like two feet away. I had to watch the whole thing. There was a lot of days we were getting told we weren't going to beat it. You know, you're not, you're not going to take him home. He is going to die. And those are the days where you really got to really believe. They believed and they prayed. High-dose chemo was killing his cancer, but it was making Cashy sicker than ever. He was taking 120 milligrams a day of five different drugs to try to make him comfortable. But that, Mike said, wasn't helping ease Cashy's pain. That's going to help get the tape off. I'm going to hold this, okay? By the end of September, he had gone 40 days without eating. He had, he was vomiting nine to ten times a day. He couldn't lift his head off his pillow. He was literally laying there shivering in his bed. And the doctors came in and I said, is there... Is there anything we can do for cash? The doctors had no answers, so Mike found his own. Relief in the form of a controversial oil. Cannabis, illegal for you and I to possess, and something Cashy's doctors wouldn't even discuss. Mike got authorization to give Cashy the oil, and without telling them why, he told the doctors to wean Cashy off the nausea cocktail. Inserted through Cashy's feeding tube, a tiny amount of oil replaced all those drugs. The result, Mike says, was almost immediate. You're watching a kid that hasn't had the will to eat in four months, five months, actually take a bite of something. Um, he hadn't eaten a thing in 40 days, and it was really incredible just to watch him take a bite of a piece of cheese, you know? It, it's, it's shown that he wants to live. There you go. Yay! Yay! did his last round of high-dose chemo with no anti-nausea drugs. Mike says the doctors told him they were amazed. Mike never told them why. 
I wanted to tell him, hey, he's on cannabis oil, but I was afraid they would take it away from him. We wanted to tell you about the side effects, the possible dangers of giving medical marijuana to a kid as young as Cashy. But even though it's perfectly legal in Washington and in his home state of Montana, we couldn't get a single doctor to talk to us on camera. That's how we ended up here at the THC clinic in East Spokane. And I see a lot of folks, and they come in uh, from all walks of life and say they receive benefit. Sherry Allen is a nurse practitioner from Oregon. She comes to Spokane every couple of weeks to evaluate medical marijuana patients and sign off on their permits. What I try to do here at this office is create an atmosphere that is truly medical because I do believe that um, cannabis is a medical and we are trying to use it as a medicine. She believes in the power of this drug and its benefit for cancer patients. She signs off sometimes on 50 patients a day. Then I asked her about authorizing marijuana for kids. It is not common, okay? And I'm not going to say whether or not I've, okay. I've, I've authorized for a child. It's a typical answer as doctors are concerned about federal law and company policies. But Mike Hyde doesn't care about the controversy or about the political battle over this drug. He cares that his son survived and is convinced not only did the cannabis oil make Kashi feel better, it prevented long-term damage to his organs. For Mike, the living proof is in this vibrant two-year-old boy. Yeah, it's very controversial. It's very scary. Um, but there's nothing more scary than about losing your child. A week after we did this interview, Kashi was back in Salt Lake for scans, finding out he's cancer-free. He's back home in Missoula, back with his family, back to teasing his big brother, Colty. Kashi will spend his third birthday like every kid should, with the fight of his life behind him. And the state of Montana estimates that of the 28,000 medical marijuana patients in the state, 51 are kids under the age of 18. And Robin, we try to get those numbers from Washington, but our state does not track who has medical marijuana permits, who's allowed to get them. It's just simply not tracked, so we have no idea here in Washington. And after today's raids, we kind of understand that it might be even longer before we have any more answers. That's right, and, and that's something that we talked to the Hydes about at the time. We did this interview a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and that's the one thing Mike said, whether you agree with it or not, every time they take down one of these dispensaries, there might be a kid or, or someone in a hospital somewhere that depends on it. So everybody involved just wants the government and the, the jurisdictions to just get it sorted out. Mm -hmm. And you can make comments on, on this story and, and let us know what you think on KXLY.com later tonight. That's Thanks right. so much. Well, Cash's family got tremendous support from friends, family, and strangers during his treatment. Now they're paying it forward. The Cash Hyde Foundation raises money and provides things like these reggae runners to children's hospitals. They donated several to Sacred Heart Children's Hospital earlier this month. The vehicles are outfitted with IV poles so kids undergoing treatment can get out of the rooms and have a little fun.